You know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. That's why I partnered with Fullscript, an online dispensing platform that only offers curated professional-grade brands that I know and trust. The very same supplements that I prescribe to my patients and take myself. Never counterfeit or expired, always stored and shipped correctly. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to start your free Fullscript account. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site. It's safe, secure, and HIPAA-compliant and offers world-class support. Fullscript also gives you access to my custom-targeted supplement protocols that combine the products that I recommend to address specific needs, heart health, immune support, and much more. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll get access to the supplements and features you need to help you achieve your wellness goals. That's DearHoffmanStore.com. DearHoffmanStore.com. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and we're answering your questions. Questions of any kind, comments, also anecdotes, maybe you took something and you want to share with our listeners, did it work, did it not work? Uh, you can email us to questions at drhoffman.net. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, what's our question? Next question, Layla, has something to do with uh, heart blockage. Yeah, Joe. He's a 58 year old male, lightweight frame and build. Uh, uh, so he's only taken supplements all of his life. So adjusting to medications is a challenge. The reason he's on medications lately is he recently had a cardiac catheterization with one stent at a 70 percent blockage in his LAD. Isn't that the widow-maker artery? That's the, the term. That's the term, right? So he's wondering, how can, how can I safely reduce this blockage in my LAD via supplements once I can get off these medications my cardiologist has me on? Aspirin, atorvastatin, metoprolol. Well, it's, it's likely that he's going to keep him on those medications because once you have a stent put in, yeah. it uh, changes the biology of your arterial wall. It actually creates an injury. And without that stent that artificially keeps the artery open, uh, you will rapidly reocclude. And yeah. so you're going to use aspirin. You may use Plavix or related medication. Yeah. And I don't know about metro- metoprolol. That's yeah. more for people who really have a high risk of heart attack. Not a great med because it kind of prevents the heart from beating fast yeah. uh, or requiring too much in the way of oxygen demands. I guess it prevents mm-hmm. uh, excessive uh, blood demands by the heart, mm. which might cause a heart attack. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what this guy's precise situation is. Uh, but All of this was brought on by fainting spells. Well, fainting in other words, that was the, the fainting spells were the... That's what brought him to were the, the diagnosis. Were the manifestation of some kind of heart problem. Mm, okay. I don't know if even they were related, but they got the doctor's mm-hmm. attention. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's an atypical presentation for yeah. for arterial blockage. Fainting, it's usually, you know, uh, shortness of breath, uh, yeah. decreased exercise capacity, or chest pain, or mm-hmm. even sometimes pain in the, in the, especially the left neck, chin, yeah. uh, jaw, or down the arm, you mm-hmm. know, which is angina. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what do you do? Well, look, I mean, I'm not saying this guy should jump off his medications because no. I don't know his circumstances. So I'm not going to comment on that. Uh, but he on, could be helped by certain supplements. No question. 
So there's actually studies, and in Europe, it is fairly standard practice to put people who've had stents on high-dose fish oil. Yeah. And I, there was actually an article in the New York Times about 10 years ago that said, it was commenting on the disparity between European recommendations and U.S. recommendations. Mm -hmm. They actually polled cardiologists in Europe, and like 90% of them said that if you've had a stent, you should be on fish oil. Yeah. And about, you know, five or 10% in the U.S., like, what's the difference? Is is it, is, is, Fish oil different on this side of the Atlantic than on the other side of the no, Atlantic? No, they want, they'd rather give you Lovaza than have you take fish oil. Well, it wasn't even, Lovaza <laughs> wasn't even around. I yes. mean, that's prescription yes, fish yes, oil. Yes, 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 That yes. was even before, Lo- and Lovaza then. But now they want everybody on. Now on they Lovaza. want because it's a drug. Yeah. Right. So it's, that's changed. You're right. Uh, so yes, fish oil, fine. You know, want to get Lovaza from your doctor? Okay. Yeah. It's going to be, maybe you'll get a copay. It's cheaper, whatever. Kyolic. Yeah. Um, Yes. Garlic. Yep. And two twice a day is the optimal dose, according to the research. Uh, 2,400 milligrams. Yeah. Yep. For helping to... For Which is uh, the research done by a really top guy, Matthew Budoff at UCLA, who's mm-hmm. really an expert on CT uh, calcium scoring and CT angiograms. I recently listened to a lecture by him uh, online. And what he demonstrated is that with Kyolic plus a statin, Mm-hmm. So you already had a statin. Uh, you would actually slow the progression of calcium deposition. Mm-hmm. So good. that was good. Magnesium is also helpful, right? In the relaxation of the right. endothelium. You want to uh, use and blood pressure. Maybe olive leaf extract. Yeah, CoQ10. Well, you're on statin. You got to have. You CoQ10. have to have CoQ10. Yeah. 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 Oof! Unless you want to, uh, and you know, there is still the question of statins and oh, vitamin K. Because statins Absolutely. also mess with vitamin K. Thank you. You've got to right. take at least 180 micrograms of the MK7 time. MK7, mm-hmm. which is vitamin K2. Right. And this is imperative uh, for that. You don't want to be taking a calcium supplement for any reason, necessarily. Not, not more than ton, what would be in a not multi. Not tons of calcium. No. Right. So that, that would be another thing. And to. Uh, Live a stress-free life and get good quality sleep and eat a good diet and so forth. Right. We have to look at his uh, lipid profile True. because uh, he's on a statin. Yeah. But it may be that uh, even on a statin, poor diet can be a factor. And then also, mm-hmm. you know, we want to talk about inflammation as a risk factor for heart attacks. True. It's a lot of people on statins, they achieve a very low cholesterol, but they still have a high what's called HSCRP, yeah. uh, highly sensitive C-reactive protein. This is actually a lecture that I listened to by Paul Ridger, who's kind of the godfather of highly sensitive CRP. And he demonstrated that a lot of people still have a lot of cardiovascular risk because we're handling their cholesterol and bringing it way down. You know, how low can you go? Cholesterol yeah. limbo. But their CRP is high, and he's proposing that we use drugs to lower CRP. Mm. Among which one of them is colchicine, which is a rarely used drug for cardiovascular Usually purposes. Usually used for gout. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's anti-inflammatory. But look, there's so many natural ways to lower inflammation. Uh, supplements like pycnogenol can be helpful. Certainly yeah. fish oil. Curcum- uh, curcumin. Curcumin. Yeah. And, you know, even some yeah. studies that showed just an ordinary multivitamins can lower that. Yeah. So... And HSCRP is different than C- C- regular C-reactive protein in that it's more talking, specific. It's specific to the coronary arteries. Somewhat, yeah. somewhat. But somewhat. it can be, you know, if you've mm-hmm. got another infection in your body, 
like if you've got a sinusitis or something, or bronchitis, mm-hmm. you can have a false elevation of your highly sensitive C-reactive protein, or even a you know periodontal infection or something like that. Yeah. Um, get your teeth cleaned. Yeah. You know, make sure you don't have periodontal disease. I mean, so many different factors. Oh yeah. Don't right. don't wait. Yeah, you don't want periodontal disease. You if you're bleeding while brushing your teeth, you need to go to the dentist. If your gums are bleeding, not a good idea. So, I mean, that's a, it gives an example because I think this guy basically got meds mm-hmm. and then we're done. But yeah. if oh, he were to go to an integrative physician mm-hmm. uh, or an integrative nutritionist like yourself, he might get some additional uh, beneficial information, yeah. which will substantially lower his risk mm-hmm. be above and beyond the medications. Yeah. So that's why you really need that dual approach. Okay. Joe, thank you for that. Thank you for that. We hope you are on the mend. Okay. Oh, we've got another uh, question from Carol. I'm a 76-year-old woman in good health. I've been following Dr. Hoffman's supplement advice for years. I went to the endocrinologist who treats me for hypothyroidism and osteoporosis. My latest blood work shows my vitamin D level is a 75. My doctor advised me to cut back on my vitamin D intake as I might develop kidney stones. Mm -hmm. Is this a legitimate concern? It's not a legitimate concern. And I'm surprised that an endocrinologist who should be, you know, look, say an orthopedic surgeon may not know much about vitamin D. They're very specific in their knowledge. Yeah. They should know because orthopedic surgeons deal a lot with, you know, fractures. Yeah. But just like maybe that's not their bag, you know, that's not their bailiwick. Mm -hmm. But an endocrinologist should really be expert in vitamin D. And they've got to understand that vitamin D75 is almost, it, i got to say, very rarely associated with kidney stones. Maybe in someone who's had chronic kidney stones, you might have a bit of a caution flag on vitamin D above 60 or something. But yeah. we aim for vitamin D75 in our patients. And are, yeah. are patients like moaning and groaning because they have kidney stones? No, I, I have not a last one. time, not a one. No, no, and I mean, I just am about to issue a little warning to a young man that I saw recently. He's a little overzealous. His vitamin D was 115. Okay, so I'm going to say, hey, you know, cool high. it on your vitamin D, yeah. especially in the summer. You're going to get a lot of. He already said, I take a lot during the winter, but in the summer I'm going to take less. So I said, good, that you yeah, know, yeah, you're yeah. going to get. You're an athlete, a right. golfer. He's mm-hmm. a young man who's like a very good golfer. He's going to spend a lot of time on the golf course. He doesn't need that much vitamin D in no. the summer. No. So his D is, is that's a little too high in my right. opinion. So, right. But, you know, I, we keep getting those questions. Doctors like waving their arms like, oh my oh, God, no, your vitamin, no, D. vitamin D. They, oh. they, they don't have familiarity with it. They don't. They really, really don't. Yeah. And just a reminder for anyone taking vitamin D, it's, it's in your best interest to take some vitamin K along with yep. it. So helps also to direct the calcium. Back where to it the should bones go. Where, where it should go. Absolutely. Carol, thank you for that. All right. Oh, we've got a great HRT question from Betsy. Mm-hmm. Dear Dr. Hoffman and Layla, I'm 70 soon. I was put on HRT at age 62 for osteoporosis. I fell and broke my femur at age 67, which prompted a DEXA scan. There's no decrease in my bone mineral density. Now, my PCP ordered a hormone level, and my estradiol was 556 PG per ml. She said 556? Yeah, PG okay. per ml. 
She said, it's high, but you're supplementing. But now I got a second opinion from a nurse practitioner who specializes in HRT, was aghast and said I should go off immediately. Wants it at most 100 and preferably 60. Is this a concern? It's been a year now. I've not been taking any. Should I be concerned about my bones? Well, this is How old is she? She's going to be 70 soon. Yeah. I, I wonder what kind of HRT she was on. Mm. And now she's off and it's she's still off. high? No, it's not. She's been off because the nurse practitioner, the second opinion, said it shouldn't be more than 100 and preferably 60. Well, and her estradiol was 556. Five, okay. So I got you. When it comes to levels... What's um, optimal is the question. Yeah. What but, is the optimal level? Well, that, that, that's, that's really a question that hasn't really been resolved mm. because what's the purpose of checking a level? One is to see if you're absorbing it and it's adequate Yeah. on the low end. And the other is like, well, are you overdosing on it, thus maybe incurring the risk of breast cancer mm. or uterine cancer, but usually you're using a progestin to counteract to balance, that, to yeah. balance it out. So levels are... They've attempted to relate levels to osteoporosis. And I actually know the answer to this. I wouldn't know the answer if I hadn't listened to a lecture on this. Uh, the There is no... It has been proposed that there's a, a level above which you get protection and below which you don't get protection. Mm -hmm. But it's not really cut and dried. Mm -hmm. So uh, the levels that they're describing, I'm just not familiar with that measurement because... Yeah. I, that sounds a little high. 500? 556 PG per ml. Picograms. Well, picograms are very yeah. small. I don't huh. know. Picograms. Okay. I mean, maybe there's some confusion between picograms versus micrograms because one is one thousandth of one. You know, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's like apples and oranges there. Uh, mm -hmm. So I got to say, um, I, you know, sometimes I will say to women when we measure levels like, you know, maybe you don't need so much because it's true that there may be a slight risk of estrogen over yeah. time. Yeah. I will say this is that the Women's Health Initiative showed a, no additional risk from even conjugated estrogens like uh, Premarin oh, wow. in women mm -hmm. and maybe a slight protective <laughs> effect when they weren't using phony progesterone. Yeah. Like, okay. uh, yeah. you know which is the project it's actually a copycat of progesterone. Mm -hmm. We we don't have a lot of good studies on what happens to breast tissue when using micronized progesterone, which mm -hmm. is now the preferred natural bioidentical form. Yeah. So I the answer to the question is I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know it it sounds like you've got two expert physicians, well one's a PA and one's a physician who have widely divergent opinions yeah. about this. Yeah. Hmm. So, Betsy, there you have it. Betsy also listens to a lot of Peter Atia and Andrew Huberman well, podcasts. That's, that, that's great. About the fact that HRT is safe and the studies were yeah, flawed or and, not done correctly. And as a matter of fact, the podcast that I'm citing was a Peter Atia podcast. Okay. okay. And she's, she's a very astute person because as a layperson, yeah. uh, I got to give her credit for tackling those very technical podcasts in mm -hmm. some cases because you know even as a physician um i find them sometimes challenging sure but yeah. very very informative mm -hmm. so just apropos of that peter atia just had 
one of the principal uh, investigators of the Women's Health Initiative study. She's older now because it was done, you know, many years ago, uh-huh. and in the '90s. And uh, she's—that's that's the study that had everybody stop taking their HRT. Right. And the main point that Peter Tia kept mentioning was what a tragedy for millions of women who were denied yeah. the benefits of hormone replacement therapy because it first was like, okay, menopause is. A, it's a defect that women have is that at 50, they stop having estrogen. So let's fix it. Let's give them all estrogen. Yeah. And then they did the Women's Health Initiative study. And they said, uh-oh, there is a slight signal towards uh, increased breast cancer risk. Mm-hmm. And there's a slight signal in women that they, instead of having a heart protection effect, they have a adverse effect of, of on their hearts. The problem in the study was that a lot of women who started the hormones were older, already had cardiovascular risk. We know that even taking a birth control yeah. pill as a young woman can increase clotting. Yes. And so Absolutely. the results were construed as hormone replacement therapy, bad for the heart, bad for the breasts. Yeah. But it was not the case. Mm-hmm. And it was, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, so a lot of women, they, their doctors said, oh my God, we've got to take you off this. They went through the tortures of the damned. Yeah. You know, hot flashes, poor quality sleep. Yes. Uh, their entire lives were disrupted mm-hmm. because of a study that was widely misinterpreted and is now being reinterpreted as showing somewhat pre- reassuring effects yeah. of estrogen, especially in younger women. Right. Best to start it right at menopause. Okay. Okay. So, Betsy, there you have it. There you have it. Okay. And she'll, Thank you for she'll that be, very thoughtful question. She'll be happy to hear my answer if she listens to this because yeah. you, I'm, I'm attuned to what mm-hmm. uh, Peter Atia and his guests said on this yeah. broadcast. Yeah. Okay. Oh, this I think you may have talked about on the radio, but let's see. This is from Michael. Hi, Dr. Hoffman and Layla. Please comment on the use of black cumin seed oil for use as a potent anti-inflammatory agent. Have you prescribed it for patients and what have been the results? Some in the integrative medicine field rave about it for reducing arthritic pain and a whole host of other ills caused by... I haven't used it for arthritic pain, but it, yeah. I, it's one of my go-tos for asthma. Yeah, asthma, cancer, okay. things like it, that. It's one of the... the I, as I said on my radio program, mm. the difficulty with it, it is one of these panacea-like things that's so good for a wide range of conditions that it's hard to get a handle on it. Yeah, that it is. It's probably a good thing to take. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is black cumin. Yes, and it's got it's rich in nigella sativa. Yeah, nigella sativa, yeah. and it's rich in something called thymoquinone. Mm. And thymoquinone is is a potent anti-inflammatory. Yeah. Um, given the name, it probably is also present in thyme. It's spelled T H Y M O thymoquinone. Okay. It's it's present in certain herbs, yeah, but to a high degree in black cumin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got a nice flavor, the nigella sativa, actually. Uh, all right. Yeah, it was a, it was a main ingredient in a product that we used to advertise called Black for Health. Mm. I'm not sure it's still available, but it was. I've never heard of it. That's yeah, it was a combo of things. Okay. All right, Michael. Thank you for that. All right. This comes from John. Dear Dr. Hoffman and Layla, can taking a high dose of a statin, 80 milligrams, cause elevated levels of alkaline phosphatase? Not usually. Alkaline phosphatase is a bone marker and a liver marker. And 
it has to do more with the ducts in the liver than the what's called the parenchyma, which is the liver tissue. So if you've got like blockage in one of your liver ducts or a disease that affects the liver ducts mm -hmm. uh, or like gallbladder disease, which could cause a backup in the ducts, yeah. alkaline phosphatase will go up. But in statins, typically it's something called AST and ALT that go up or mm -hmm. SGOT and SGPT as they used to be called. Uh, yeah. That is pretty common, but ALT, you know, um, alkaline phosphatase is not usually elevated. Problem with alkaline phosphatase is sometimes it's a marker of a of a medical condition, like rapid onset bone loss or Paget's disease. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's a marker for liver distress, uh, and sometimes it's just inherently high. There are people who generate high levels of alkaline phosphatase, and after a mega workup, the doctors just conclude like, yeah, you're one yeah. of those people that runs slightly high alkaline phosphatase. I actually have an elderly patient, this lovely woman. She's had a chronically high alkaline phosphatase for decades. Okay. And it's simply her level of alkaline. Yeah, right. She's not been diagnosed with Paget's by her doctor right. or anything. Right. So we just kind of optimize right. her and, and everything. And yeah. That's one of the things you learn by bitter experience. You know, you, mm -hmm. you run all these tests and then you have, but you need to run the test sometimes. Yeah. And then you just conclude that it's benign. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you, John, for that. 80 milligrams of a statin. You, we That's want him on lots of CoQ10 or ubiquinol. Yeah. Loads. That's max Lipitor right there. That is that is the highest dose, right? I think so. Wow. And wow, wow, it, wow, 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 wow. I think uh, Crestor goes to 40, if I'm not mistaken, but maybe I'm wrong. Okay. Since I don't prescribe them that often. Okay. Michael asks, with so many people taking low-dose aspirin, what supplements are contraindicated? We're talking about that 81 milligram aspirin. That well, first people, of all, yeah. not so many people should take low-dose aspirin. True. Because it's actually been shown that it, it, the, for people who are at low risk, the risks outweigh the benefits. Uh, I've seen a fair number of people who I can't understand why they have low iron. Mm. Why do you have low iron? And we do a GI workup, you know, make sure they don't have colon cancer, God forbid, or, you know, yeah. are you eating a really Ulcers. low iron diet? Are you a vegan? Yeah. You know, and then we just learn that they take a, you know, an aspirin, an aspirin. a day. And, and they, they take it at night on right. an empty stomach. And they don't have obvious gastrointestinal bleeding. They mm -hmm. can use this fecal occult blood test and it doesn't yeah. show up, but they're losing blood at a very slow rate. Yeah. And that's not good. So, I mean, then there are people who get gastrointestinal bleeding. They can take, oh, I take coated aspirin. I take it with food. Yeah. They can still get bleeding. It can still happen. So, especially you, long term. If use. you really need it, and now the latest studies have shown that it is not overall beneficial for anybody over forty. It used to be said, oh, if you're over forty, everybody take it. You know, it's oh, like, boy. you know, this yeah. is what this is what happened with the aspirin industry. That first of all, they got rid of what's called baby aspirin. Mm -hmm. Baby aspirin is an oxymoron. Babies, when they're sick, should not get aspirin. True. Why? Because they can develop Rye Ray syndrome or yeah. Rye syndrome. Yeah. Uh, it's devastating medical mm -hmm. conditions. So don't get babies. So what do we do with all this low-dose aspirin? Oh, man, we got all these warehouses full of low-dose aspirin. Hmm. I love the orange flavor. Yeah. We'll give it to adults uh -huh. for protection. Oh. Oh. Okay. But then, like 10, 20 years later... I'm glad they didn't put it in the water. Right. Like they they did fluoride. They could have. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, But then they discovered that mm -hmm. the 
you know, evidence-based medicine. You know, you test it out. It yeah. sounded like a good proposition, but then it turned out not, you know, it that that uh, horse did not ride. Yeah, yeah. So Michael wants to know what supplements are contraindicated if you're taking a low dose. Not estrogen. any, really. You don't. I guess you don't want to over take lots of fish oil. Well, you can. And if you're some bruising, people can take lots of fish oil. With That's that. true. And some yeah. people. Uh, there are people who have a bleeding tendency, and they're they're bruised all over the place when they even take a half an aspirin, like a baby yeah, aspirin. Yeah. Um, so then they may not want to take things like ginger, yeah, or ginkgo biloba, ginkgo, or you know, yeah. But some people can, mm-hmm. and you kind of have to test it out. Men who shave, they can see, well, it, it doesn't stop bleeding. Mm. Uh, you, if your arms are all black and blue, like, oh my goodness. And you, you just brush by the, right. the corner of the wall or the door jam. Right. And, or, you, yeah. or you spring your ankle yourself. and it's all like, you know, blown up. Yeah. You know, or, you know, you, you, you fall down and it's like your whole side is black and blue. You know, you're over anticoagulating. Yeah. Or your yeah. gums are bleeding, you know, when you brush your yes. teeth. You know, it's like. It's not like just a nose, spontaneous nosebleed. Right. You know, right, or what you right, sneeze right. and all of a sudden you look, it's like, oh my God, I look like I'm, I've got a Halloween mask on because my eyes all like yes. bloodshot. Yeah. You know, that, that is, could be. that could also sign of over any coagulation. All right. And there are genetic conditions which predispose to that. Yeah. A lot of people do self, self-prescribe this baby out, this. They sold out. that proposition. They did. And they shouldn't. And I notice there's no ads for it anymore. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's it good. It should be. Besides, it should GI be on the bleeds. advice of a doctor. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Besides GI bleeds, a lot of people don't know that another side effect is tinnitus. Mm, that's right. So Very if good. your ears are ringing, whereas they weren't before, right. that could be your answer. But now, does it go away when we stop taking aspirin? Not necessarily. The tinnitus. Right. Here's here though is another indication for um, aspirin is that it appears that if you've had colon cancer, if you have like suspicious polyps and you're mm. high risk, you can take aspirin and somewhat reduce your risk for colon cancer. Because of its anti-inflammatory effects. In the, in, which is something like working that. Working the gut, yeah. 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 Interesting stuff. Okay. All right. So uh, that's about all the time that we have. Just a reminder, a couple of things going on. We have a special report. It's called Immune Immunity Reset. If you just go to drhoppin.com and click on the Read drop-down menu, it's a free resource to you and your family's uh, personalized plan to pandemic-proof your body and build resilience for a long, healthy life. Because, mm-hmm. well, I, you know, I think these days the answer isn't more vaccines, no. you know, and boosters. I think that... It's take care of your terrain. Yeah. Strengthen I mean, it. You know, in some instances, maybe someone's very high risk to take, you know, their vaccine, cross their fingers and toes. But uh, I think the natural approach trumps the... Uh, vaccine approach at this point in time. Uh, perhaps in the beginning, the vaccines offered some benefits. Uh, also, you can support our Save Our Supplements campaign because Congress is busily at work uh, screwing up the budget. But <laughs> it's but it looks like we're not spending like they're in Congress. Well, yeah, but listen, you know, we're, we, the good news: we're not going to default. We're not going to go, you know, probably yeah. into uh, nuclear winter or whatever. Right. And, but, uh, Congress is still, their forces at work in Congress to try and to restrict our access to supplements. So we want to keep vigilant. Go to drhoffman.com slash ANH. That stands for the Alliance for Natural Health. Uh, I've just been 
promoted to president of the Alliance for Natural Health. Uh, you, there you can take action uh, and you Terrific. can donate, hopefully, yes. and support them. Yes. Uh, for, and for a limited time, I'll be yeah. matching all donations up yeah. to a total of $5,000. Right. And just to remind people, the biggest lobby in Washington, D.C. is the pharmaceutical industry. It's that particular lobby. And that's why we're seeing all this quashing of supplements and articles. It's it's a concerted effort to undermine mm-hmm. Natural. Not medicine. that they don't want to make money off supplements. They're, they're buying yeah, supplement they're companies buying like up. crazy. They're buying but them up. But they it? also want to apply the same stringent rules to supplements that yeah. they apply to drugs because they're already they're already geared to going through that approval process. Mm-hmm. They have whole departments and bureaucrats who can mm-hmm. schmooze with the FDA to get stuff approved. So they yeah. want to drive out the competition of the small, nimble. Uh, vitamin supplement companies and apply those same stringent standards so they'll basically say this is too much trouble we'll sell to yeah whatever nestle's glaxo etc mm-hmm. you know give them a little vitamin division yeah. to uh greenwash their pharmaceutical business yes that's yes. what it, that's it amounts to there. yeah okay. well okay so let's see if we can hold the line on that thanks for listening i'm dr ronald hoffman Thank you, Layla. Thanks, Dr. Hoffman. This is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly, along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212 212- Seven seven nine one seven four four. That's two one two seven seven nine one seven four four. I look forward to being a collaborator in your healthcare.